0: the Farm Beats podcast. FarmBit is proudly produced by the
1: Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska.
0: The FarmBeats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts,
1: producers, and innovators from across the agricultural industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with the new practical knowledge of digital
0: agricultural technology. Hello, FarmBeats followers, and welcome to another episode of FarmBeats Podcast. I'm Camila Rodriguez, And I am Clara Gomes. And we are glad to have
1: you with us as a beginner of our discussions on application technology
0: with Deborah Latore. Could you introduce yourself sharing your background up until where you are now?
2: Yes, well thank you girls for inviting me for this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here today to talk a little bit about pesticide application technology. As the girls mentioned, my name is Deborah Latori. I'm an agronomic engineer. Uh, I came from Brazil, so I do have a, a background. My, my major is in uh, agronomic engineer. I do have master's and a PhD in wheat science and application technology. I also was a postdoc at the University of Nebraska, uh, working with application technology. Uh, currently, I'm working with TJ Technologies as an applica- Applicator Training Lead and Industry Liaison uh, that's more related to be working with chemical companies, universities, some OEMs. So it's, it's a really like a fun job to do where I do have the opportunity to be interacting with different divisions on the company.
1: That is really nice. And what is the pesticide application technology and why it's so important for agriculture?
2: Yeah, sure. So pesticide application technology, like this formal term here, is more related to like uh, uh, methods, equipments, and practice that the farmer is going to be using on the daily basis should be spraying effectively a pesticide. Um, like if you're gonna be more scientific, like we do, I do have like a here like a definition that would be like the scientific knowledge that provides the correct placement of the biological active product uh, on the intended target in the necessary quantity in an economical manner and the minimal contamination to the target area. So, and uh, why is that important? Because I need to have precision and accuracy during my application. So I need to, it's not just about, okay, I buy a herbicide here. Uh, I need to make this herbicide get on the target precisely and accurately. So like on the pesticide label has the dose. So I need to make sure that like the minimal dose is going to get the, on the weed, for example, so that we be controlled. Also to have like increase increased efficacy, because if you don't do the proper application, my active ingredient ingredient is not going to get to the weeds so, or the pests. not going be controlling that. Uh, also, cost efficiency, like if I'm not doing uh, the application technology in a proper way, I'm going to be losing some money because the product is going to be lost, the labor is going to be wasted. And also it's important to consider like the reducing environment contamination because I don't want to be like in my product getting like a. You know, forest or like in the river or the underground, underground water. Uh, I wanted this product getting on the past to be controlling this past.
0: And talking about precision agriculture and pesticide application, could you talk about the difference of those two concepts? Yeah, so
2: precision agriculture is like, is the approach in agriculture that utilizes technology and data-driven techniques to optimize various aspects. So, for example, uh, I can be using a precision agriculture, like if I want to do a precise or site specific application, or collecting the data I'm using, or like doing a verbal rate application, or using drones. That's like one of the hot topics we have at this moment, or using a target spray application. That's another hot topic at this moment. So all of those terms are like all these techniques are related to precision. Agriculture. That's like how to use like some of uh, the equipment to precisely apply the chemical. What was that? The second
0: question and application technology concepts.
2: Yeah. So like uh, I can do the application technology in like in, in a simple way. Let's say like that using just some, a, a backpack. Or but I, but I can do that like really well. Uh, but I I can start to like increase the scale and want to be more precise. So I I can start to apply some like precision agriculture to make that like more efficient, like increase the scale. So for example, I um if I have like a big farm, I know like I don't have the same weed pressure, for example, in all, all the area. So how I can do like better utilizing, should I be spraying like 10, 15, 20 GPA in my whole area? No, I can do like using some of these new methods that uses like a precision agriculture to be like creating a map, identifying where are those weeds and applying the food those or only applying the pesticide where those weeds are present.
1: That's really interesting. And talk about T-Jet, how the T-Jet is involved with application technology.
2: Yeah, so T-Jet, just a little bit, a little background, like to you know, to talk about t so, T-Jet was founded like in, in 1938, and uh, the first ag products came like when they started to develop or use the 24 d after the Second World War for agricultural use. So, we started to develop back on that time, the first spray tips for spraying 24 uh, 4 d and after that, we start to learn more, new chemicals we start to be developing, uh, fungicides, insecticides as well. And we start to learn more like about droplet size because we start to have more uh, back on that time we didn't have like any laser. To be understanding what's the importance of having like the accurate droplet size. So all over all over the years was just like developing a new tips. And after, so TJT is well known about like as a spray tip manufacturer for herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, and in fertilizers. But also we do have an extra, like another line of products for boom components, so like azobodies. That you can find in your sprayer valves manifolds uh guidance assistance so gps is like a, some of matrix and uh application control and monitoring like a pwm systems nozzle by nozzle shut off so tjet is involved with like all the products we make uh we make main for like sprayers self propellers or other kind of sprayers like drones uh to be like use it to be spraying chemicals uh in, in in a manner that's gonna be more efficient.
0: And can you explain how your position in TJet works?
2: Yeah, so like uh my title is really long. So what that means like a uh, application training lead and an industry liaison. So like that was a big title for like international person when I started to working here. But uh so my role inside of the company is being uh, connecting different departments. So T-Jet is the egg division of the company. So we do have the industrial side that is called Spray Systems. And that's like a really huge company. So we have like great resources there. So my role is be finding good like resources like training material or like laser applic- applicability, some different tests to be using our t side coming from like an industrial side but also working with marketing uh working with the engineers working with the tech support to be uh creating some like technical content like users guide catalogs uh, and also like organizing training material like we have some of these training. Modules we offer for, for people, farmers, students. So I do work a little bit with the everybody side of the company, but basically like working with universities, chemical companies, creating content and like just sharing like information about our company or about the pesticide application technology.
1: Interesting. And what it is for you, like, the challenges that are in the field that the farm most face related with the technology application?
2: That's a, a, a really interesting uh, question. And, like, uh, during the trade show seasons, like, I think it's the time of the year when we have most contact with farmers because uh, it's when like we have direct contact. Uh, most of like our products we sell through like distributors and like they're gonna be selling direct to the farmers. Uh, but what I see like as a, a challenge, like they have a, a hard time, sometimes they buy like a super fancy, the newest machine. And sometimes like they neglect to be selecting the right tip, for example, or replacing that tip every year, for example. So sometimes they are proud to say, I do have a great TJ tips. And I bought my machine five years ago and those tips is still working. So it's, it's and it and doesn't matter if like are in here in the US or in Brazil, it's kind of like kind of the same challenges or understanding like it's hard to have one unique tip that's gonna be the solution for everything. For every chemical, for every weather condition for uh for every crop. So different crops they if you take a look like in an apple tree, if you take a look in a, like in, in grapes, if you take a look in soybean, corn, they are different. And so the techniques you need to be using to spray chemicals there should be different too. So that's like, I think that's the, the hardest part the farmers have like to understand about some concepts.
0: And talking about nozzles, what are the key factors to consider when selecting the right pesticide application nozzle for a specific crop or situation?
2: That's a really great question. Trying to connect well, when I was saying like a T-Jet started like in the 80s and uh, then early 40s. So back in that time, like basically we are using like a triangle to select like that's the distance from like the crop. And here's going to be my nozzle space. And here's the nozzle angle. I would like to be working. But back from like from there to nowadays, the approach to develop a new spray tip is more related to uh, what I do need for so that spray tip. So each spray tip has a unique design. So like yeah, it's gonna if you take a look, like for example, like a XR nozzle that was was one of our first nozzles. You don't have too much like uh, internal parts on that nozzle, so basically the nozzle is gonna be just carrying the liquid inside, and the X orifice is gonna be like creating the angle, the droplet size, and the uh, the pattern. So when you start to create this new nozzle, so if when you go like for example for a TTI, if you take a look at, like in a cross section of this tip, you're gonna see different chambers inside, and why that. Well, because I need to produce like a certain droplet size, I do need to reduce the driftful fines. I do need to have a specific angle. So I did. I need to have like a a, a attacking angle to better like promote the penetration. So each one of those spray tips, they are designed for like one applicability. So for example, as I said, like a TTI or TT, they do have this 15 degree attacking angle. So like a xr when I xr this like a spray pattern spraying down straight down like in 90 degrees i parallel with like the, the soil uh when i take a look like a tt or a tti they have like a 15 degree angle uh, for better penetration so in, in scenarios where i do have like more weeds or those weeds are a little bigger i would say like using a nozzle with a better with a, a, a tacky angle would be better for penetration uh, when I do have like a, a dense canopy where I need more coverage or I do have like, a, for example, my corn, that's like bigger, my soybeans, like already in the reproductive stage, using nozzles with like a twin jet where I do have more droplets being produced, it's important. So regardless, like, okay, I do have like different tips that are going to have like unique designs, but it's also important to understand like where is my target? know like my target's a weed it's a bug it's a film like it's a disease uh where is that located because okay i do have these different designs to better achieve the target so it's like a it's a soybean rust where i need to get like the product on the bottom of the plant so i need to use like a twin jet or A TT, as I said, like, to better penetrate in the dense canopy. Another thing is important to consider is, like, the translocation or lack of translocation of a chemical. Because, well, I need to, if you like, is a contact herbicide, for example, I need to have better coverage. So I cannot be using certain nozzles. We're going to be maybe talking more about that in details later. And uh, I think, like, those are uh, the the weather conditions. Like, uh, what's the weather condition? Like, some chemicals or some herbicides they have on their label, some specific weather conditions that application needs to be uh, taking place. So for example, like a certain temperature, uh, wind speed. So I do need to be aware of that too to be selecting the tip because certain tips or certain products cannot be taking place on that moment. And also connect all these dots to be selecting the right tip.
1: And you have like... Any two that you can share with us?
2: Yeah, so TCAT has like an app uh that's called Spray Select. It's available for like uh Androids, for Apple or iPhones, but also we have this platform available in our website in case you don't want to download an extra app because I know nowadays everything is an app, so you can take a look in our website. So, what's the nice what's the are the features of this app? It's just because, okay. I I don't know which nasus should be select, but I know like what's my GPA, what's my average speed, what's my nasal spacing. So enter those parameters. Like I know I'm gonna be adding, spraying a pest, uh, a herbicide. That's gonna be a contact to herbicide. And here, like, is my volume, my speed, and the app is gonna be selecting. Uh, the, prop, like it, the proper spray tip or going to give you some options of spray tips you should be using but also the capacity of that spray tip because one thing is the model but it's important to be using like the proper capacity or the proper tip color to be making sure you are using applying the right amount of product. Spray select is a really nice tool.
0: And uh, how can nozzle selection and calibration affect pesticide application efficiency and drift control?
2: Yeah, so as uh, I mentioned, like we have a different nozzles. So, like if you take a look, like just on the T-Jet catalog and the egg side, we do have more than twenty models of nozzles. So, it's pretty hard to understand that for the pharma select. Okay, which nozzle should be using? If you don't select the proper nozzle, where it's gonna be providing like a specific droplet size, a specific like a spray pattern. Uh, specific like a spray angle, it's gonna be hard to be using efficiency or not controlling the drift properly. So like let's bring some practical examples to make it like clear for people to understand. So for example, the nozzle EIXR it's a well-known nozzle, a lot of people use for a lot of things. So the What's the great advantage of that nozzle? Like, even the air induction nozzle is gonna have like medium, pores, mostly droplet size. So, it's a droplet size that's on label for a lot of like insecticides and herbicides. So, great. I could be using that nozzle for a lot of those applications. Uh, it's a nozzle like used for like a glyphosate, for liberty, and least herbicides application, but also for some insecticides as well. Okay. But I do have because of like this medium and coarse droplet size. I do have about ten percent of drift fines, so it's a that I cannot be using, for example, for dikeam application, where I needed to have like less than two percent of the drift fines should be like controlling better uh, the drift problem and then making sure the product is gonna be on containing on that target. So, in the case of like, for example, contact herbicides or like it's a new it's a new combination that people are using. Farmers are using a lot and the field is a combination of like Enlist one, that's a 2,4-D formulation for Corteva, and uh, Liberty, uh, that's uh, ammonium glyphosate. So ammonium glyphosate is a contact herbicide. Well, so I need more coverage. Enlist is a systemic herbicide and super systemic. So I could be using a AIXR, for example. But because of this tank mix, I'm gonna having like a contact herbicide, so I should be using a nozzle that's gonna be providing more droplets to increase the coverage. So that's important, like how selecting the right tap with the per- like the right percentage of uh drift fines or drift control is important to be uh, selecting and and doing like the the, the right selection, but. Okay, I selected the right model here of tip for my my uh, my application. It's on label that droplet size. Uh, it's according to the recommendation. Now I need to do the proper calibration. So I need to make sure the tip is not, like, I don't have any wear nozzle in the middle of, like, my boom. So how I do that? Well, my recommendation is, like, beginning of each season, do a calibration, make sure... Your tips are like you're not having any wear problems. And what that means, Deborah. So when I do a test and I can do like a jar test, I can do like a using another tool like a spot on and collecting, spraying that nozzle. And like, for example, I set up like a tree bar and I collect that that liquid for like 30 seconds, 60 seconds. The Spray Select app also has a calibration like a tool where you can be uh, using that to check if our nozzle is good or not to be using. And I do a calibration, see if like the nozzle is spraying the proper amount of product or is it spraying like 10% more. If it's spraying 10% more, I would recommend it be replacing our whole set of nozzles because you don't replace one or other. Cause it's gonna have much more work you're always checking if it, every nozzle is like it is where is a wear nozzle or not so and like using the proper like boom spacing nozzle spacing that's like it's kind of fixed it so it's hard to you like move that but also using the proper boom height to be making sure like you're gonna have the right overlap of like the neighbor nozzles and ensuring like your cv or the deposition along with the treated area is gonna be good and in general for the 110 degrees that most of our nozzles we uh, we use for egg side we use, we say that this relationship is like one-to-one. So if the nozzle space is 20 inch, the distance to the target, to the soil, is going to be about 20 inches as well.
1: Thank you. And uh, how much nozzles the farmers needed to have in the, his toolbox?
2: Yeah, that's a, a really hard question to be answering because well as i mentioned it all depends so i cannot have one only nozzle that's like a lot of farmers would like to have one only nozzle for everything to respond to that i think like first on the planning before they start like the season for planting or for spraying the farmer needs to understand like what i'm gonna be planting what are my weeds present here uh, what are the chemicals I'm gonna be using? What's usually like, the weather I do have? Because some areas are gonna have like more wind, less wind, wind coming from one direction. So are any of these products like having any buffer zone requirement, for example? So I do need to have all that planet to know what are my, my limits upper and down. Like what's what I can go like more on the limits for all these products. Oh, all right, do I do? fungicide, insecticide, herbicide, and fertilizer application. Understanding about most of the labels and the requirements, I would say at least three nozzles would be the minimum number of nozzles a farmer could have. A nozzle for certain uh, uh, herbicide, insecticide, another nozzle there for like fungicide, insecticide, and a nozzle for fertilizer, liquid fertilizer application. Now I'm talking about using like more contact or like more uh, like a dicamba, for example, where I have more restrictions. So that's when my number of like nozzles uh, starts to increase and I need to go like to four or five types of nozzles.
0: How do weather conditions impact pesticide application and its effectiveness?
2: Well, I think like the weather conditions, like a in- packed and they're going to be impacting mainly like those small droplets. So temperature like above 86 Fahrenheit or relative humidity lower than 55 percentage and wind speed above 10 miles per hour are like are crucial for most of the droplets. Wind speed and direction they're going to be like limiting, Like, for example, i mean spraying. I do have like a sensitive area by my house or the farmer or even like inside of my farm, I do have like different plots and like I have different varieties of soybean or corn and maybe they can be sensitive to one active ingredient than other. So wind speed is going to be crucial to be using, to not be spraying on those scenarios where I have like a higher wind direction or wind speed. Or I can be selecting a spray tip that's going to be more resistant. The droplets are like huge and you're going to have more resistance to be like dislocated by the wind. The temperature is going to be a problem in like the droplet size. So like finer, very fine droplets they can volatilize before they reach the target so that's a, a, is a problem like when uh in the summer days when i do have something like that uh okay it can be adding like an adjuvant oil to be like making that droplet have like a bigger life but it, it's something like i should consider and the humidity is also another point that's important about like the, the droplets. so it can be affecting if that droplet's gonna be disappearing Because of the humidity before reaches the target as well.
1: And as you mentioned, like TJ have a really long history in that position, like provide us the tips and everything. And do you see that it's having like uh advances in pesticide application technology that have improved the efficacy of re- reducing, even reducing the environment impacting?
2: Yes. So like the first herbicide we're applying was like 2,4-D, like or even like something even more toxic than that. So over the years, we do have like observing that the pesticide molecules are less toxic to the environment, to the humans. So we see every day more and more like biological products being approved develop like we see like those big companies buying another small companies just to have more biological products on their portfolio. And we see like those uh, formulations of those products like getting better. Uh, in the past, we didn't have uh, like a lot of issues like with clogging because like it was a suspension formula. So it was kind of like a different, uh, 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 the formulation was really hard to be using. But now we see like a improved formulation. We see like new equipments every day, like more efficient. So we see those 120 boom sprayers. So just to increase the like, why not that big? Well, just to increase how fast, how much more areas is that can be spraying part-time we see like a new nozzles being developed so in the past we didn't care too much about what's important for a nozzle now we understand like droplet size is important like the angle is important so we see like you know those new target spray application like seeing spray ultimate coming from john deere one smart spray coming like it is joint venture between bosch and bsf so all this concept of like wide angles to have like a better distribution now it start to change a little bit because we are talking about more precise applications so narrow angle nasa is where the those companies are working on so every day is changing uh sometimes like uh Uh, It's just like coming something from the past and improving, but what we see, like uh, uh, all this improvement on the application technologies, it's getting better because we're understanding more about the target. So we know uh, when, like where is the targets located more, so we know like how to get better. A product there uh the spray equipments like are getting better every day more and more we are understanding what's the right moment to be controlling so like on the labels of the pesticides we see like oh to control this weed is necessary to control until like this weed is like i don't know like two inches height if you pass that moment you're not gonna be controlling that and a uh, different formulations of products different type of products so uh glufosinate for example is like uh, all the products we had and now we have this new formulation that like because of like this new techniques uh like yeah they it was like a so they had like two isomers or i don't know how to say that like in an easy way but like they had like a two kind of a, molecules inside of the, the the herbicide but they know that just one of that side was active like acting activating as a herbicide so because of like new techniques new equipments now i can have uh, the same herbicide but more active so i can reduce the dose of that herbicide to be controlling and uh we are talking now about like nano for fertilizers nano pesticides, so I don't know. I think that's a lot of things is coming and, and it's so fast and every day is changing. So a lot of advancements in our field.
0: <laughs> and talking about changes in advance, what do you think about drones in application technology?
2: Yeah, I think like drones are for sure like... A, a revolution in our area now everywhere we go every like ag news you're gonna see the topic about drones so i attended like in last month and like a, a couple weeks ago a conference or two conference they were talking about a lot about drones it's pretty interesting like uh, about everything they're talking about drones so first of all we did have those drones to do like the mapping imaging and now we're talking more about these drones that they actually do on uh, the side application and we do have those those drones that have like the motor rotors like they we call like a rotary wing or we do have those other drones that have like a fixed wing so i saw this huge drone they call pica is a company that's based in california if you take a look it looks like it's a plane but like doesn't have a pilot uh so it's pretty interesting to see like how is everything changing. Um, but it's still like a lot of discussion, like to say, oh, is that good? Is that good? You know, like it's it's still a new technology. Even like they were talking about we are like a decade already, like doing some research with drones, but still having more questions than like actually answers. Because, well, we have different models, those nozzles are positioned in different parts of the drone. So should I be using like a hydraulic nozzle, should I be using like a, some of these new drones coming from China are coming with those like rotary nozzles and they promise like, okay, you change the rotation of that disc and are going to have a different droplet size. Well, we start to see like some inconsistencies on that. So it's, it's pretty interesting, like the way we're going, uh, but. The thing i i know like uh so like we have like uh, the regulation to be like having a license to spray with a drone is getting much faster to get that license uh we know like more professors are doing more research to understand about what's the effective swath like which what's the ideal like boom height what's the ideal droplet size i should be using uh, for, the, uh, like, uh, to make sure, like, the drop is going to get to the target and minimize uh, drift problems. And, like, uh, those, those chemical companies now they need to put all this information on the label. So they have, uh, they came together and they have, like, a task force for mitigating drift with drones. So, like, Syngenta, FMC, New Farm from all over the world, they do have, like, this team that they work with testing, creating some models uh, to be apply on drones and see like what's the optimal uh recommendation regarding nozzles like for mini for mitigating drift so it's pretty interesting and like um uh, when you go to those meetings and you see that it comes with more questions than answerings but you see like because it's still a lot of to come the
1: revolution technologies happened but yeah, like- the
2: revolution is, is right now so it's gonna be great for us like Now, because like we are going to be learning a lot. Uh, So, for example, remember uh, some years ago, I saw some people talk about like using uh, very fine droplets to be using with drones because of the downwash effect. Well, some research is showing that's not like that. Maybe if the drone is not moving too fast, you can see the downwash effect. But when it's moving a little faster, that's mostly like the usual uh, speed that's moving you're gonna start to lose that downwash effect and maybe you're losing the product. So they are talking more going to medium coarse droplet size, not just too much like if, uh, fine and very fine droplet size. So it's really interesting to see where is that going.
1: And jumping for other aspects, like the eco-friendly one, like there's any alternative that you can also do a technology application Relate with eco-friendly production.
2: So yes, now, as I mentioned, like we are having every day more and more of these like biological products. And what's a biological product? So like maybe a bacteria that controls another insect or maybe like it's an insect that controls another insect. So we see like those BTs or different types of BTs being launched every day more and more. So those are eco-friendly because you don't see like having at least at at this moment we don't see like any uh side effect for humans so uh, another alternative is like we see like we do have too many a lot of options uh but sometimes depending like how how big is your farm it starts to get like uh, harder to adopt or not because it can be like really costly so we we see like some of those machines that is like instead of spraying a product they are like burning a weed well, what's like the efficiency like of that machine, how much cost like how many acres I can do by hour. So that's when it's still like a lot of like discussions about this topic. Um, I think like biological products is the way that the market is seeing and like the way they're gonna go. Uh, we are talking about applying or developing new crops with like a they call RNAi. So, it's like a, it's a div- kind of like you're going to be changing, you're going to be spraying maybe or modifying a RNA on the plant. Like instead of a DNA, you're going to be changing like the RNA, you're going to be making that plant more susceptible or spraying a RNA that you're going to be controlling some weeds. So, it's a different world we are going. And uh, I think like the, the direction we are going, it's like more having this eco friendly so, uh, solution. So, for example, to who is not familiar, like what's going on in Europe. So Europe is like they are super restrictive for um pesticide application. So right now, for example, as we have some nozzles that are we sell in different countries, we need to have a certification of those nozzles. So for example, in Germany you have the certification with JKI, like in, in France, we have the certification with an we do have like a CILSO is a lab that does all the certification for UK. So we need to certify those nozzles and they're, they use different parameters to say this nozzle reduces drift by 90%, by 75%. Okay, so that is something that's happening in Europe in a lot of countries. Well, but they have now, they call uh, Green Deal. That's by two, 2030. So in seven years... They need to cut in 50% the use of uh, like pesticides, they need to reduce in 25% the like the farm areas, they need to reduce the uh fertilizer application. So I don't know which direction they are going, uh, but like I don't know if they're going to the right direction or no. Like I, I I'm not leaving Europe to say, uh, but uh, what's the, the key message why I'm sharing that, just to say like that's gonna affect in different countries as well like us or brazil or other countries that they're the agriculture is a a big thing because well you're going to start to see now more like a requirement for less pesticides or less like toxic pesticides during those uh during the all the the growth development of those crops so it's complicated and like we are involved in the food production channel it's it's pretty hard it's getting hard for us
1: And uh, do you think that this way that Europe are going, it's a good thing for like technology application? Like I did have a discussion. So
2: has this professor. His name is Emilio Gil. He's a professor uh, at the University of Catalonia in Spain, and uh, he does a lot of uh, research for like uh, orchards and vineyards application. Well, we know that the volume they use to spray pesticides is much higher. And uh, he's doing a lot of tests to see, like, how we can cut in 50% the pesticides to control, like, efficiently, like, the diseases or the pests, like, in vineyards. And, and like, he was telling, like, that's really hard that, that happens. Because, like, well, for sure who creates those regulations, or they don't have any knowledge about, like, how to produce food. Okay, I'm... I'm not saying I'm against organics, but like you feed the population that we're talking about by like 2050, we are going to be like increasing like, I don't even know how many percent, like uh, we're going to have about like 10 billion of people in the world. So how you're going to be feeding all those people, just cutting a lot of like the applica- like the, the, the fertilizers or the chemicals is when we start to see like like, I don't know, 20 years ago, we didn't have, like, a great yield, and so I think they're for sure, like, uh, the ideal world where, okay, let's have more organic, let's have, like, just better food, no chemicals, that's kind of their mentality, but, like, they don't understand, like, how hard it's gonna be to increasing yield, and producing food is gonna be if they keep going in that direction.
0: Yeah, we can see many changes and you need to be fast (laughs) to be part of all those changes and uh, always go after knowledge to understand uh, what is happening. Yeah, and have... This conversation that we are having now, yeah, that is really fascinating. And uh, how can growers minimize pesticide resistance through effective application technology?
2: Yeah, so if we see that's a problem, like uh, like in weeds or like in diseases, not too much, but like uh, uh, insects and pests, we also see that. So how you do that? Well, if you will like attend a conference, if you attend like some trade shows where the chemical companies are there, they are going to be saying, rotate the pesticide. Never use the same active ingredients. If you take a look like an uh, all chemical company, how they position, they are going to be always rotating the active ingredient. And I'm not saying just changing the brand, but no active ingredient because, well, Roundup, it's from Bayer, but I cannot go to like Syngenta be using their like uh, glyphosate because it's going to be the same thing. So I need to be rotating the active ingredient to postpone or make it longer that active ingredient more active also like you follow the pesticide label requirements so like okay so that's the problem we were talking about the drone so we were talking about well 10 20 gpa is like the the, the rate of application when i'm gonna go to the drone i cannot make it like that huge volume of application so it's that out target you know label so that's why they are doing a lot of research to understand but um Using the proper dose is gonna be making sure that the target is getting uh, the right amount of active ingredient to be controlled. Also like maintaining the equipment. so making sure you don't have any like a clogging, making sure your equipments like are uh, applying every nozzle, the same amount of products. Uh, I don't have like any, I know a lot of people uh, don't clean very much like the strainer, the main strainer that's going to be like by the pump or the lining strainer that is going to be along with the boom or the tip strainer. So it's important to do that to make sure your active ingredient is not being retained there. You're actually spraying the active ingredient. It's not just getting stuck inside of all the dirty that is, uh, is, uh, is it on these strainers. And also make you like the proper calibration, as I said, like making sure your boom is gonna be stable. It's not like lacking stable, to make sure like you're gonna having the proper overlap of all neighbor nozzles and getting the same amount of products all over the area. Making sure you are using also the same model of nozzles. So like, as I mentioned one point here about the color, okay, I do have the color. And some people go like, I want on the blue nozzle. Blue T jet nozzle. Well, that just means the the nozzle sprays zero three gallons per minute, but doesn't show the the model. So different nozzles are gonna have different spray angles, different droplet size. So if I mix up the models of nozzles I do have uh, along of my boom, I'm gonna have different CVs, different like uh uh products are gonna be depositing different columns along of the treated area. So it's important to be using also the same. The same nasal model Mo- monitor for resistance and like uh, i spray i see like one weed uh, escape there well if possible go there and remove i remember one of the trade shows a guy was saying i don't have any problem with water hemp or any pigweed in my area because when i was spraying when i see a pigweed i was going out of my spray or my combine when i was harvesting i was pulling that so my neighbors all are having problems with resistance. No, but I remove, like, manually that. But that was years ago when, like, they didn't have... Uh, he didn't have too many weeds on his area. So monitor, like, if you can do that, like, it's it's, it's great because nothing is better, like, it than just using one way to control that weed, like, using mechanical way, like, pulling that weed if possible, but using a pesticide. And if you see, like, okay, I'm applying that's not controlling, it's probably something you need to be like aware of and using another method to control that weed to avoid the the spread of that resistant population you you potentially have in your area and if it's nothing working or if you have have some questions seek for some professional advice so the university of nebraska they have like a great uh extension program but every state has like someone that you can be looking for, your cooperative, like your where you go and buy your chemical company, someone's going to be able to be giving you a good advice.
1: Thank you for that. Thinking in what areas uh, do you believe that is still further attention and technology application? And do you think that the EIs can also help us doing that?
2: Yeah, I think like we are seeing every day more and more AIs in everything. So we have like chat, GPT, we do have like AI, all the softwares, even your Word or, or your office package now comes with uh, AI, Photoshop comes with AI. So I guess it's like the way it's gonna go. AI is gonna be incorporated almost in everything. And uh, I do see a value like how that can be helping the pesticide application technology, like on the precision application. So for example, we see uh some of those like a target spray applications. so they use ai to be learning every day more and more about like detecting the weed the weed species should be more efficient like uh which uh which capa- which herbicide they're going to be spraying and those companies they're talking about the feature having like three maybe three herbicides apply at the same time so based like on the weed detection you're gonna be spraying herbicide A, B, or C, or a combination of it. That's gonna be an important role, like how we can be using that to be like that efficient during application. Uh, also, like detecting uh, and monitoring for like weeds, for like some diseases, for nutritional problems. Uh, so we do have like some platforms already like, available today, um, like zaris cowling or uh, other other platforms that are, that are not so familiar, but like they offer like a, a drones, for example, go there flying and kind of, according to like the color intensity, you can identify if it's like a weed problems or if you have this, uh, like you need to have like a, you don't have too much in, like a nitrogen there. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. I like create this map and that map connects with your uh, sprayer and you can do with spraying like just like on that areas or connect to your drone and your drone is going to go there and just spray on that area where we have a problem. So we see every day more and more like that AI being incorporated on those uh, equipments, predicting modeling for like problems like with resistance or problem with the drift and doing this like integrated data between all those equipments to make it more efficient the application technology. Of those pesticides,
0: and if our listeners wants to learn more about tJET, where can they find more information?
2: So TJT, we do have like a in our website you can find a lot of information. So uh, to who is not aware, we do have a new catalog. That's the catalog like 52. So you can go uh, to our website and download a PDF, for example, of our catalog. Uh, we do have a lot of bulletins there. Uh, we do have a new updated user guide. So a lot of those discussions we had here today. Uh, We create a new user guide that talks about the main topics about application technology. So it's really, it's really great. And also you can follow us in our social media channels, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, tjet.com, or sorry, technologies. And uh, you can find like we are uh, always promoting content that's going to be easier to the farmer select what's the right spray tip according to those chemicals they are using in the field
1: that is really nice and there's anything that we didn't talk today that you might want to add we covered oh always gonna have
2: something we kind of like cover a little bit of everything right so i guess like in my advice to everybody is just like to keep it more updated on the news as you can like you're watching youtube channels like you guys are saying this podcast is going to be available on the YouTube. Um, it has some families, farmers, that they have like those channels or keep on those news or like using social media to, to know more about it. Attending like those extension, like meetings, few days, uh, like a conference or trade shows to be more updated about like what's new, uh, how I can be more efficient, like using my chemicals how it can be like saving some of the chemicals. That's what's important too. But in the way that I can be still like controlling my past and not causing any damage to the environment.
0: And a tradition on the Farm Beats podcast is to ask for a piece of advice. What advice do you have for anyone interested in working with pesticide application technology?
2: Keep doing like kind of like the uh, same topic I was talking before. Like uh, I think educating yourself like even though like, okay, I'm a third generation farmer here, I know everything, you know, we don't know because well, in three gener- generations, we have so much technology. so since like we started like I start my college in 2006, if I compare when I start college with now, it's just so much so many changes happen, so training, uh gaga training, gagging certification, so for some chemicals you need to be certified, you have uh a license should be spraying you need to be certified but like try to be training for something like for like what is with this extension is or with other people that can be offering you some training because it's probably always something new you can be learning with that Uh, understanding about pesticides like uh, okay well we're talking about translocation context is that clear to you so understand more about what you're using your daily basis should be uh, optimizing the way you spray and make your decisions safety first so like use the proper PPEs and like you make sure you are cleaning just so you like you don't have any issues in the future like making sure like you are using the integrated pest management well i do have one like with here do i need to be spraying like hundred fifteen? Uh, herbicide to be controlled, that no, so use like consciously like this, these chemicals. Because if you don't use those chemicals, insecticide, fungicide, herbicide, incorrectly, you're gonna just be promoting like the resistance of those, like those pests to be controlled. And like in the future, we are gonna be lacking having more options of those products to be controlling. Uh, your target try to implement implement like our and be aware of like a precision technology what's new how you can be using and always be training to be learning how to be using that because it doesn't matter if you like i have like a a old machine or i have a new one if i don't know how to use everything it kind of like it is not gonna matter too much because I don't know how to use everything. So I can be doing something wrong. Be responsible with the environment. So uh, it's easy to see an issue uh, with application with the are spraying a herbicide. Because, well, like your your other uh, like plot or your neighbor can see the damage if something is uh, susceptible to that herbicide. Well, but it's understanding like if you can have a problem with the drift, that also happens with a fungicide application, with insecticide application. So be conscious with that, like avoid spraying to some directions that it should not be uh, spraying or following the, the weather conditions that are proper to your, you avoid some uh, environment contamination. Like it's important to be recording everything you have in case like yeah, I did something wrong, what I did wrong, I can go to my notes and see what I did wrong and or, or I did right and just repeat in the next season. Follow the weather recommendations. That's like uh, you can find like in the, for example, the University of Nebraska guide uh, for weed and uh, disease and pest control. Always stay informed, adapt to local conditions. So for example, maybe what works on my farm here in another sig is not going to be working because some of the uh, the wind direction is different or the soil is a little bit different. So understand the concept, but but try to adapt to your local conditions. And always and in, in, uh, with the regulations. So follow the label, follow any other restriction that's going to be having our area. Just to make sure you are not doing anything wrong and you can have any issues in the future uh, from your neighbor or from someone else.
0: Those were great advices. Thank you. Thank you very much to Deborah Latohi for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting how farmers are having high technology options for an efficient application technology. One of my favorite parts of this episode and what the TJ company has available is the app called Spray Select to support farmers' decision when choosing the right nozzle.
1: I also think the mention of the Europol herbicide legislation, it's a face challenge that you'll be exciting to see how will be conducted. I hope you enjoy that episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg history with you in the next week on Farm Beats. Thank you for
0: taking the time to join us today on the Farmbeats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcast, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week.
1: We will welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email or Twitter. In the review sections of your favorite podcast platform, your contact information can be found in the show notes.
0: We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for this support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality, informational material to members of the agriculture community in Nebraska and beyond.
1: The opinion expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely day own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska.
0: We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm